Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Have your way in our midst. Have your way, O oh God. Fill our hearts. Fill our minds. Fill us with your precious love. Oh God, as we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Lord, we look to you. Knowing, oh God, that you're able to do exceeding and abundant above all we can ask or think. Oh God, we wait on you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Fill this place, oh God. Fill it with your word. Fill it with your love. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for new mercies. Oh, God, we wait. We wait upon you, O oh God. More than they that watch for the morning. Oh, in the name of Jesus. All together, lovely. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. You're wonderful, my God. Wonderful to me. Mm. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. My God, come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed us till we want no more. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let your anointing fall upon us, O God. Let your word fill us. Oh, God, we look to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Ah, oh, yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you can do it again, Lord. What you've done for others. You'll do for us, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, O oh God, thanking you for your great grace, your tender mercy. Lord, we thank you for your word, that lamp unto our feet, that light to our path. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your keeping care, your tender mercies, your great grace, O oh God. And its sufficiency. Oh God, your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Oh 
Lord, we thank you. Mm, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for these mercies, O oh God. Thank you for the ministering servants of God. Oh, thank you for Bishop Stevens and uh, Elika Tenga and uh, oh, Minister Dennis, Minister Dawkins, Minister Brown. Oh, Minister Anselmi, oh, God, we thank you for Sister Claudia. Lord, we thank you for all the saints of God, Sister Lillian. Hey, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Sister Jennifer and Sister Valerie. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, uh, fill our cup, Lord. Fill it up. We thank you for Bishop Cole, my God. We thank you for musicians uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Oh, God, have your way. Have your way, Noah Mitch. Remember, Mr. Rattrio, oh God, and uh, the pastors in Mount Vernon, the Bronx, New Rochelle, Yonkers, all Westchester, my God, uh, in this, you, oh, God, in this New York state and the rest of the states, in these United States and worldwide. Uh, remember Peter David this morning, my God. Uh, Remember Sister Rebecca, remember all the people of God in the name of Jesus. Remember those grieving, those who have suffered loss, those who are hurting. Remember those who are in turmoil and chaos, my God. Bring peace to the hearts. Oh, God, help them to find rest for their souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. Yes, Lord. And a pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown, here this morning. And today is Wednesday, the 10th day of June, 2020. This is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. And we're currently studying the book of 2 Corinthians, and we are up to the 5th chapter. My, 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 it was such an honor to see Minister Lester Reed yesterday. Man of God, oh, we bless you in Jesus' name. You brought joy to our hearts in Jesus' name. Our topic today, God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You see, God had in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling the hearts with food and gladness. And then, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, preached unto the Gentiles, seen of angels, believed on in the world, and then received up into glory. God is spirit. God is spirit. <coughs> and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God, spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God manifested itself. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God was in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You shall have power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God is spirit. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So Christ came, brought the grace. He brought the grace, the forgiveness, the peace. And he is reconciling the world unto himself. He was not charging to them their trespasses. He was not imputing unto them their trespasses. But then he had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He gave us this ministry. Seeing we have this ministry, we ought to beseech men and women to be reconciled unto God. So we have the Apostle Paul once and forth. He went to Mars Hill and he stood in the midst of the Athenians. And he said, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, 
I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, and that now committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. And Paul was carrying out this task in the midst of the nations when he spoke on Mars Hill. Previously, Jesus, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. He said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And Jesus came to those of the Jews. He said to them, his disciples, go not into the way of the Gentiles. The promises were made unto the fathers, and he was made under the law, he, Jesus, to fulfill the promises made to the Father. And sometimes people will say, oh, Scripture contradicts itself, and Scripture is confusing. But the fact of the matter is, they fail to listen to what the Scripture is saying. The Scripture says Jesus came to the house of Israel. He was not sent to the whole world, but to the nation of Israel. So the things he spoke, the utterances he made addressed to the nation of Israel, when you take it and try to apply it to the rest of the world, and then it comes into conflict with things the disciples say, then you confuse yourself. But Jesus, he came and he spoke to Israel, he spoke to the Jews, and they decided to have a counsel concerning what they should do with him. So in John chapter 11, verse 48, they were having their discussion and they said, if we let him alone, if we leave Jesus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. The fear of men, the fear of authorities, the fear of arms, Forces will cause men to make even decisions that are not in their best interest. When you're threatened with weapons, when you're threatened with force, and oftentimes when your own position is of more, important to, more importance to you than doing what is right, you will make bad decisions. And that's what the Sanhedrin did. That's what the council did. They said if they let Jesus alone, all the people will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. We see even in this present time, cities and states are being threatened with force to conform to the rules and the regulations of different authorities. And men and women are considering what to do, whether they should do that which is right, or they should capit capitulate to the forces that are threatening them. And the overwhelming amount of the time, the great preponderance of the time, men and women will make the decision that will retain their positions, their seat, their place of power, just like they did in the Sanhedrin. So Paul and Silas went and they were teaching in Philippi and they encountered some individuals and as they taught Paul and Silas after they had casted out a spirit of divination were charged with teaching customs which were not lawful for the Romans to receive. Jesus had allowed the nations to walk in their own ways for a while. Now he had sent apostles and prophets out into the world to teach them the right ways of God, to bring them the grace of Jesus Christ, and it was rejected by those who were saying the customs were not lawful for them to observe being Romans. So they cared, they cared more about their culture they cared more about their national origins than the things of God. So the Philippians rejected Paul and Silas. So after these things, Paul departed. He came to Corinth. And in Corinth, Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians herein believed and were baptized. Now, Crispus was a ruler of a Jewish synagogue in Corinth. And as Paul preached, 
Crispus believed that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Lord. Many of the Jews did not have their eyes opened, their understanding opened, that they might grasp that fact. And that too is of the Lord, because the word tells us that blindness in parts is come to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So there are many that are still blind, and that too is God's will, that they not see the light until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So Crispus and his house believed and were baptized. We come to our text today from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It reads thus, For we know, for we know, there are some things we believe, some things we hope for, and then there are some things that we know. This is one of them. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this, in this tabernacle, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of light. We are in a situation presently where there are viruses, there are cultures and social activities that have caused people to be up in arms, turned up, and the whole nation is on edge. And the word tells us we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, if this, if this flesh, this mortal body that we have were taken away, we have a building of God and house not made with hands. So it's vital that we understand that death is not the end of man's existence. Man goes on after death. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, but then after that come it after that comes judgment. And every deed that we do in our mortal body shall be brought into judgment. So we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. So we can't be afraid. We can't fear this temple, this tabernacle is destroyed or dissolved because we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. We know this. This is a fact that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, if we lose our lives, if we're killed, murdered, destroyed, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Many people are concerned about the buildings of wood and stone. They care about the things of this world more than they do about the people in this world. They care about property and wealth and acquisitions and the trappings of this life. They remind me so much of that rich man that his fields had increased and he said that he would tear down his barns and build bigger barns because his wealth was overwhelming. But the Lord spoke to him and told him, Man, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then whose shall all that be? The things we focus upon, the things that we make the priority in our lives, are not the things that God said that we should pursue. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be 
added unto you. You look at ministers and people who claim to be Christians and people who claim to know the Lord and you see their love of this world and the things of this world and their hate, their anger and their true colors. When you see their true colors come out, you bow your head and cry. You say, is this a man of God? Is this a woman of God hating one another, spewing venom one towards another? But God told us, by this shall men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. The world of it is own. When you love your own, you have not done anything. That is of the world. But he said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to them. You call yourself a man of God, a woman of God, a Christian, and you hate your brother. You hate your sister. You hate one of a different race. You hate white. You hate black. You hate Chinese. You are filled with hate. But we must love one another. Let's not be wolves in sheep clothing. You know, trials and tribulations and the tests bring out the true individuals that you are. We must still love one another no matter what is going on. Love covers a multitude of sin. That's why the word says, love your enemies. God knew that the time would come when it would be necessary to love our enemies. And we must do that. Love one another. Love covers a multitude of sin. They abide at these three. Faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is love. Let's bring love back into the equation. Let's bring love back into our speech. Let's bring love back into our hearts. Let's bring love back into our lives. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we fear not. Fear not! For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Fear not. And after having done all, stand. For in this we groan. Oppression, abuse, chastisement, wrongly accused, wrongly convicted. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven, seeking an escape from the tribulations, the perilous times, the hardness, being good soldiers, for in this we groan. If so be that we may be clothed, we shall not be found naked. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Shall famine? No. Shall nakedness? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. We've conquered every situation that we've encountered thus far. We've conquered homelessness. We've conquered hunger. We've conquered peril. We've conquered tribulation. We've conquered abuse, misuse, threatenings, fears, persecution. We are more than conquerors. So we groan with moaning and groanings that cannot be uttered, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Disobedience to God leads to results that are not pleasant. Yes, you wanted the knowledge of good and evil. You wanted to know what was behind the door. Now you have seen what was behind the door. You realize that to see it, you have to be unclothed. You have to give up your righteousness. You have to become naked to see what was behind the door. But now you don't want to be naked anymore. You found shame, disgrace, agony, pain. Now you're groaning and moaning 
wanting to be clothed upon. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For in this tabernacle, in this tabernacle, we groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Many people are saying, how long, O Lord? How long? Souls that have died in the past, lying under the altar of God, are crying out, How long, O Lord? But the words of comfort, the words of hope, says rest. Rest, my beloved. Be at peace. Peace be still. Rest. For a little while longer, till your fellow servants, your fellow brethren, that should be killed are killed. Continue to rest. Rest your souls under the altar of God. And then, mortality will be swallowed up in immortality. Now, he that hath wrought for us the self-same thing is God. It is God that purpose our lot in life. Now, he that hath wrought for us the self-same thing is God. All things are of God. Beloved, whom he did foreknew, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. And he speared not his own Son. His Son was led as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he opened not his mouth. As a sheep before a share was dumb, so he opened not his mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He that wrought the self-same thing for us is God. It is God. It is God that leadeth us. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, evil on every side, spiritual wickedness in high places, evil in far-off lands, evil in the air, evil in the institutions, evil in the organizations but yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil why for thou art with me you said you'll never leave me you never left me thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff will comfort us now he that hath wrought for us the self-same thing is God as thou considered my servant Job have you in all your going to and fro in the earth, have you considered my servant Job, an upright man, one that is perfect in his ways? God presented Job to the adversary. Have you considered him? There are those that would try to seek for us to avoid our sufferings. You see, if we suffer with the Lord, we shall also reign with him. Let suffering work its perfect work in you. Endure hardness. Be the good soldiers that you are. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We know this and are confident to the fact that whilst we are in this tabernacle, this earthly tabernacle, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The word tells us, wherefore, henceforth. No, we know men after the flesh. You might try to impress in the flesh. You might dress to impress. You might have the trappings of this world, but it is not impressing us. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We know men not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We try the spirit, whether they be of God. Many false prophets are going out into the world, and they will come at you. They will come to you, but you put that word on them. You put that word. Try the spirit. Don't just accept the prophecy. Try the spirit. Don't just accept the word. Try the spirit. Try the spirit, whether it's of God. That woman with the spirit of divination spoke words that were true. These men are the servants of the Most High God. And yes, they were. But it came from a place of divination. It came from a place of seeking the wealth of this world. 
It came from the place of obtaining gain in this world. So when her master saw that the hope of their gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and cast them into prison. People will bring you a word. May even be true. But it's source. The Lord told us not to engage in divination. Not to engage with the witch of Endor. The witches of Endor, the wizards of Endor can also bring you words. They can bring you Samuel. But one thing will identify them. They see gods coming up out of the earth. They begin to see a multiplicity of spirits. They regard as gods. Don't engage in divination. Know how to differentiate the things of God from the things of this world. Know how to identify saw Simon the sorcerer and Elimas the witchcraft worker. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Wherefore, we are confident, I say, and rather willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We're not afraid of dying. For me to live is Christ. And to die's gain. Different ones would say, why don't you do this to your advantage? And why don't you to your advantage? And why? No, we are confident. I see and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor. Wherefore we work. That whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Him. We work for the acceptance of Jesus Christ, whether present with the Lord or absent from the Lord. Our goal is not to be enriched with the things of this world. Our goal is not vast numbers that men and women might look upon us and say how well we are doing. But our goal is to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You're not going to take this stuff with you. You're not going to have the you-alls with you. You're not going to have your carry-on case with you. But we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. You will come before the judgment seat of Christ. You can rail and carry on and spew and utter your words and your bombastic words and your words of pride and arrogance and oh great you are but let me tell you this we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ every last one of us is going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body then I reap what you sow according to that yet done whether it be good or bad do good, my beloved. Choose life. Choose love. Choose forgiveness. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. Know, oh, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. You want to know what terror is? Wait till you get in the presence of the Lord, not having on the righteousness of Christ. You want to know what fear is? You want to... It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you. We don't seek going around trying to promote ourselves, telling you we are this and we are that, and calling ourselves by all kind of names and titles, and I am this and that. No, no, no. We commend not ourselves again unto you. But give you occasion to glory on our behalf. What we want to do is to give you the opportunity, the occasion to glory on our behalf. That ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. They dress up themselves like they played certain roles in Hollywood. They make a presentation. You see them in the roles that they play in and the robes that they wear in. They present in themselves. Oh, so you might think of them one way. 
that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance. They glory in how things look. The show that they put on. It is for your cause. But listen to this. The love of Christ constraineth us. It is the love of Christ that restrains us. For the love of Christ constraineth us. The love of Christ causes us to pursue and endeavor to do that which is right. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge. You see, we have the power to judge. Folks talk about, don't judge not so that he be. And they don't understand one thing they say. In the ignorance, it spews from their lips. And you realize that ignorance gathers to itself more ignorance. Because the love of Christ constraineth us. These lead captive silly women laden with sin. Not being edified. Not being educated in the word of God. But the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge. We are judging. We are knowing. We are understanding. We thus judge. That if one died for all. Jesus died for all. Then we're all dead. One more time. It is the love of Christ. Which restrains us. Holds us. Keep us settled. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one, if Christ died for all, then we're all dead. You got to understand this word. Not just open your mouth and let the trash flow out. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge. If one died for all, if Christ died for everybody, they say, okay, we're going to kill everybody in this room. And one man said, okay, I died for everybody. The objective was that everybody in the room should die. But then they chose one as a representative of all, and they slew one, then were all dead. And that he died for all, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. So the rest that were whose blood was not shed now have an obligation not to live unto themselves. You now have an obligation to live the life of the one that died for you. Christ died for us. We are now responsible obligated to live the Christian life and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto them stop living for yourself you are selfish greedy self-centered sees nothing but that which concerns you you have not yet learned to see beyond yourself and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Start looking. Stop looking at the behavior of the flesh. Stop looking at the actions of the flesh. Stop looking at the way the flesh conducts itself. In that he died. He died for all. That henceforth, we should not live unto ourselves. But unto him which died for them and rose again. So we have to walk the Christian pathway. We have to live the life of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wherefore, henceforth, going forward, beloved, my objective, my goal today is for you to begin to look at men and women not after their flesh, not after their color, not whether they're black or white, not whether they're Chinese or Hispanic. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. He came in the flesh to Israel, but he laid down his life for the world. 
So the life that I now live, I live according to the grace of God. Let's live after the Spirit of God. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You are yet carnal. You judge after the flesh. You judge after appearances. Wherefore, going forward, my beloved, know we no man after the flesh. Look at that spirit. Look at the behaviors. Look at the action. Look at the fruit that that spirit brings forth. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Oh, you might tell us the position he occupy. We don't care about it after the flesh. He might tell us, oh, his wealth, his health, and all the things that pertain to him. We don't care about it after the flesh. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man, not even Christ. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yes, we have known Christ after the flesh while he walked in Israel. He came to his own Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. We're not trying to know the things that Christ did in his flesh. We are now seeing and enjoying the things that he is doing in the spirit. The spirit of Christ. That's how we know him. Therefore, therefore, if any man, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. Either it's true or it's not true. You can't lie to us both ways. You've lied to us so many times in the past. You've lied to us using scripture. You've lied to us using your own words. You have handled the word of God deceitfully. You told us the man is a new creature, but that didn't pass away and this didn't pass away. And you try to hold some of the old things and you try to grab onto some of the stuff and you try to put some in the flesh and you try to put some in the spirit that you might get the offering. Are you so ignorant? Are you so ignorant that you don't know that men? That's why there are no men in the church. Christ is the head of the man. The man is the... You know the church is full of women? Because the women have disregarded their head, which is the man. But Christ is the head of the man. So you, you, you will not deceive as many men as you would, as you would women. Because first you beheaded the women. You cut them off from the men. They told lies of leave that devil at home. Don't listen to your husband. Listen to your pastor. Lying demon. The man is the head of the woman. The Bible says if she will learn anything, let her ask her husband at home. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, A-L-L. And behold, A-L-L, all things are become new. I'm going to believe the word. I'm not going to believe you're a lie. I'm going to believe the word. All things are become new. I also will believe that all things are of God. Verse 18. And all things are of God, whether it be good or evil. And all things are of God. The experiences that you have. The trials you go through, God said, Has thou considered my servant Job in speaking to the devil? All things are of God. Oh, God wouldn't do this, beloved. God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't let that happen to you. God allowed all the children of Job to be slain, all his property, all his possession to be taken away, his body covered with sores and boils, his wife telling him to curse God and die. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God spirit in Christ reconciled us drew us while we were yet in sin all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and look at what he did and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation we now have this ministry seeing we have this ministry it was given to us by God a ministry of service to minister to serve not like the Nicolaitan clergy 
dress up themselves for their Hollywood roles in their Hollywood robes to make you think through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. All that is in the world. They play upon your eyes. They play upon your flesh. They dress themselves so you could think that they are something that they are not. If you got to dress to play a part, you are not that part. You got to dress to play it. You're playing it. Somebody say, act like a man. I said, no, I am a man. I don't have to act like one. I am one. You got to act like a man. Because it's pretense. It's not real. You're a woman. So you got to act like a man. But I don't have to act anything. I have to be who I am. I am that I am by the grace of God. And all things are of God. Who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We have people teaching our young men that they are women. We have people teaching our young women that they are men. In the house of God. In the house of God. They tell them, oh, there's no male or female. You, you need a male or female. And then when the girls try to marry the girls and the boys try to marry the boys, then we have all this confusion because you have some rebellious women in the church. You in rebellion. Yes, Brother Brown. Michael Brown. 347-301-3869 said so. You are in rebellion. And because you're in rebellion... You seek to get others to rebel with you. You are fallen. You've left your first estate. The Bible says, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. What does that mean? The older women, the word says, should teach the younger women. Teach them how to be married. Obedient to their own husbands. Yes, good and obedient. And guide the house. The house, beloved, is lost. The guide, the watchman, the guide abandoned her post. We want to be a man. So the house is lost. Our children are being killed in the street. Our children are being killed in the street because the guide has left the building. All things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. We got to put things back together. To wit, to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God is putting it back together. He has some bold soldiers, some men and women who will stand up and tell you, let's get this right. Do the right thing. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. He's a forgiving God. He has already forgiven us. And I committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then. Now then. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now then. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. As though God did beseech you by us. Think about it. All things are of God. What reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To it. That God was in Christ. God is in Christ. He has the whole world upside down right now, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing to them their trespasses. And he had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he had made him to be sin for us. Jesus was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. One more time. 
For he hath made him to be sin for us. Jesus was made sin. God made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you, beloved. Come on home.